Well, hello, everybody. This is Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And uh, it is the 30th of January, almost February already, Stacey. And, I can't believe it. And uh, we are already, uh, I think, in one of, one of my favorite parts of the golf season is California, this uh, California swing of uh, all these great golf courses. Uh, I love the West. I love the West Coast swing of golf. Absolutely. And so we had the desert last week, won by Hudson Swafford and a great tournament at Torrey Pines, really uh, probably the first great golf course that these guys play on uh, in the calendar year. The, the courses in Hawaii are easy courses. The desert's kind of an easy course, but Torrey Pines is a championship course. And well, I guess that's the South course at Torrey Pines is a championship course. Yeah. I mean, that, that course gives all those players a hard time. I mean, that's the toughest one. I mean, you can see last coming down the stretch. I mean, some of the bigger names we'll talk about later. Some of the bigger names uh, they kind of disappeared, right, off that leaderboard. They faltered. Justin they Thomas. Faltered, but there were two. Yeah. Two good. What happened to Justin Thomas? I don't know what happened to Osmo. John Rom. What happened to those guys? Jason Day down. Jason Day was good, but you know, boy, I tell you, it was good. It was a good finish. Really good finish. Well, that was a good tournament, and you know, really, a lot of the stars, uh, a lot of the the stars, especially on the international side, were in the desert again this week, and uh, for another yeah. tournament, for another tournament yeah. in the desert, uh, and yeah. uh, great performance there by by Victor Hovland, who's now number three in the world, Stacy. Number three in the world, you know, Rich. I, I, you know, I stayed up really late. I was just telling you before we got on. I stayed up late last night watching that, that tournament and watching the tennis but i tell you what i can't believe rory mcelroy falters down the stretch like that i mean there are a couple holes where he he's 16 i think he hits it in the bushes or something then you know it's a drivable hole victor hoblin drives it on and he makes eagle rory hits it in the bushes and he gets up and down for par and then on 18 he just hits it right into the second shot right into the water oh, well, it was a terrible shot like it's a three wood. He yes, he had to wait in the group in front of him. Paul Casey, they were hitting the ball all over the place, but he hits the ball right in the water. I mean, he's in, he's tied for the lead. The worst he needs to do is make if he makes bogey and makes par, he still makes the playoff. So he was trying to go for it. So he probably should have laid up, hit the good shot, made birdie, and still could have won the tournament. But nope, he tried to hit the big shot and lost lost the tournament. It's amazing. A little bit, maybe he, maybe Bryson DeChambeau is still in his head. He says he's not, and he, and he won earlier this year, and he said, you know, that he had just gone back to playing his own game, but that doesn't sound like Rory playing his own game anymore. It, well, you know, it, it, I, you know, I have to say on a couple holes, he played smart. He did hit driver where he couldn't turn it around on, I think it was like 15, it was a hole where he really had to draw it. He hit three wood, which is perfect, but. Three wood wasn't the right play on eighteen. He should. He was trying to drive it up there. He punch it in. Make he hit it less of the green in the rough. Chip down. Make birdie. But I think he should have laid it up and tried to make birdie. And if he makes both par, he makes it to the playoff. So I think you got to go. You got to go safe. You, you got to be safe on that. Um, you know, because he played well all day. Victor Hovland was amazing. I mean, I think Victor. I was just taking notes. Victor Hovland was ended up birdie eagle birdie, and that's how he won that tournament. It's funny. Uh, I was watching. I'm sure you were too. The uh, the Cincinnati uh, Kansas City game where the Bengals upset the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, and uh, Tony Romo, who is a great golfer. I mean, one of the best, uh, one of the best non golf golf athlete golfers uh, around. Guys like Steph Curry and Tony Romo said that uh, Stevenson uh, or the uh, uh, McPherson. Oh, the distance of it. Oh, oh, the, the kicker was like a was oh. like a young golfer who didn't have any scars yet. That's what he said. I heard. That. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny, right? But I was thinking of Will Zalatoris because now he has a scar. I know. I know. Well, he played well, right? I mean, Will played well. It was just this hit a better shot on eighteen. Oh my! I mean, gosh. On, on the playoff hole, that was a beautiful shot. Well, we've just witnessed uh, basically. Five consecutive amazing football games, Stacy. So it's no, it's really no uh, secret why you know people ask me, oh, why did why did the uh, why did Tory Pines finish on Saturday instead of Sunday? It's because they want people to watch the damn golf tournament. And with these NFL games going on, there's not going to be a lot of eyes on a really good golf tournament. 
I agree. These games have been amazing. I mean, that, that Cincinnati game was amazing. I, mean, I was just disappointed because I love Patrick Mahomes and, and he's set so many records. And, uh, you know, the guy's such a stud. But man, he did not look good down the stretch. But you're right, Rich. I'm glad the in, uh, I'm glad the uh, PGA decided to play a little earlier, get done, and let people focus on the games because I think the NFL's got something going. And they've done these games have really probably got more viewers interested in the game. So yeah, they did it, this play. The season's been great. It really has. I love and the playoffs that. have been even better. I love Patrick Mahomes. Did you, did you ever meet his dad? When you were I playing? never met his dad. No, I never did. His, yeah, his dad was a was a very good, you know, kind of number three, number four starter for the Rangers, for the Twins. I mean, Cubs. He bounced around the major leagues. Uh, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But boy, he was terrible. Uh, you know, starting at the end of that first half, throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill where he wasn't going to make it into the end zone, basically taking points off the board, and then yeah. and then until the last drive where they you know were able to get a field goal and tie the game you know it's some of the some of the worst play you'd ever seen from patrick mahomes and he almost lost the game in regulation taking a terrible sack losing terrible. About, losing about 17 yeah. yards just throw the ball away i had to understand i mean as a quarterback in this league he's a smart kid you know you think he would at the end of the game like every point matters in these post games and you know cincinnati is a great second half team so you think he'd take a shot through the end zone throw it over someone's head now you kill the clock. You have time to kick the field goal at the end of the game. He throws a lateral out to Tyreek Hill, and there's no way he can – all those defenders, they're going to tackle him. And you're right. He made some bonehead plays. But you know what, Rich? He's been that way all season. He's been the same way all season. They haven't played well. I don't know if people kind of figure him out, figure them out. I don't know if the enemy's calling different plays or he's doing more audibles. I'm not quite sure. But the enemy's not going to get a job at this rate. I mean, geez. You know, I mean, I these guys are – buttering at the end i i wonder with the enemy how much the 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 you know sexual assault rape allegations as a college student follow him that he has the same well chauncey bill's got a job and he was going to stop the enemy from getting a job <laughs> so so uh, i i was courtside at the blazer game this week and i had promised my son elliot that i would yell out rapist rapist if i oh, made it, if i made it behind the bench and, and my, my blazer ticket group we were sitting in the first half uh we were sitting in like the sixth or seventh row on the you know opposite the bench uh our our mutual friend hakan weinstein the, the world's only hakan weinstein was right in yeah. front of me with a very nice young lady and but my ticket group moved me to the first row behind the blazer bench for the second half and I'm sitting back there, and and the person I was with, I said, uh, I promised my son I would yell out rapist, rapist, and uh, my companion said, you do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. <laughs> so so I waited I waited to the end of the game where the Blazers lost the game on a you know last second. You know they were down I think two, and uh, Amphrey Simons missed a, a last second three. And I will oh, say okay. that Terry Stotts. The, the former coach of the Blazers, who was a great coach, Stacey. He was a great coach. Yeah. Especially I mean, offensively. Nobody was better yeah. at designing last second plays than than Terry Stotts. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where this team's going this year. I don't know where oh, they're going nowhere because Nasir Little uh, is another guy. Damon's out for the year. Nasir Little's out for the year. I think they're I think what, they're they're gonna trade. What happened ways. to Nasir Little? He tears his knee up or something? Or no, not? he fell on his shoulder in the game and he and he somehow he came back in the game and they said he had that he hadn't done anything bad, but then they said he needed shoulder surgery. So he's out and he was playing oh, great. No. He was playing great. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, yeah, it's a tough – I've been watching these NBA basketball games, and I swear I can't watch a half of a game. I, I can't watch two minutes of these games. I did watch the, the, the other night. Last night they had – I don't know why they put this game on on a Saturday night. It was a – it was a um, – Who's playing? It was Brooklyn. Brooklyn was playing uh, Utah or someone. Oh, Golden State. Brooklyn was playing Golden State. Golden State was killing them. Brooklyn made a run and came back. And that Tyree Irvin guy was amazing. I mean, he's a bonehead, but he was really amazing. That I mean, he single-handedly brought that team back. They got within two points, and then, you know, Golden State ended up winning because uh, Steph Curry and the uh, the Cal, uh, Clay Thompson were amazing at the end. So, Did he ever But make- I just can't watch it. Did he ever get vaccinated? I know, like Andrew no, Wiggins. No, he did not get. He may get vaccinated. Did he? I don't think so. Andrew Wiggins eventually got, got vaccinated. Can you believe Andrew Wiggins is an NBA All Star starter? I, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he's playing lights out this year, huh? 
I mean, Jesus. But Andrew Wiggins has always been a pretty good player, right? I mean, he was drafted high, right? He was drafted number one overall. He's a good player. He really is. I just think he needs to be on the right team. And maybe this is the right team. He's on the right team. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm telling you, Rich, what a, what a, what a weekend, you know, what a weekend with the Cincinnati winning over, uh, you know, we think we thought Kansas City would win that game. People hands down probably did. Cincinnati's going to Super Bowl. Joe, Joe Burrow's amazing. What a win by them. Mahomes was at average like he's been all year. And I know you, Rich, here is a huge tennis fan. And I love the majors of every tennis uh, tournament. I, it's like I love the I love all the PGA majors, all the LPGA majors, and I love all the tennis majors. I love them because the Australian Open it's on, and I can stay up late to watch it. I love the uh, French Open. I love Wimbledon. I will love all the all those. But Nadal, Rich, I know you're a huge fan. What'd you think of that win? This age of tennis with Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal—it's just so special. Um, uh, and, and we can add Murray because Murray in any other age of tennis, Murray would have won. He, he would have been like a Pete Sampras. Um, those guys are so, you know, head and tails above everybody else. I Medvedev is what, like 25, 26 years old. Yeah. And Nadal yeah. outlasts him. It's not just that he beat him. He outlasted him. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Medvedev, he was talking and he asked, uh, he says, he was talking, he goes, well, I just looked at Nadal and asked him, are you tired? Aren't you tired? And he goes, it's amazing how good the, this guy's in amazing shape. I mean, Medvedev is having like cramps all through the through the through the the match, all the match. He was he was having cramps the entire time. But I tell you what, they both played very well. And and when uh, Nadal was down two zip, I was like, this is over. I, I thought it was over. And then all of a sudden, here comes Nadal. He outlasts him. That's based on stamina and all that stuff. The guy's amazing. And I'm glad he's the first one to 21. I still think, a, yeah, I still think Djokovic will probably overtake him because he's, yeah. he's a little younger. And yeah, but but for if he now, ever gets a freaking vaccine, yeah, vaccinated. Well, yeah, this it might be another, you know, it might be a problem in other countries, right? It might be a country, a problem in France and in England. I mean, I think it's going to be a problem in both those places, right? Absolutely. And he's hell been on getting it. He's hell been on getting it because he's had COVID. Is that why? I guess. I mean, there's just, I, I don't know. I, it, it it makes no sense. It it yeah. it makes no sense. But then there are people out there who just for whatever reason feel that their chance of getting sick with the vaccine is greater than their chance of getting sick with the infection. Uh, well, I guess in Djokovic's case, he got out of a war torn country like Serbia. Hell, he's figured he doesn't need a damn vaccine. You know, he's yeah. figuring he can live through it all. So uh, let's. Uh, I'm sure Putin wasn't very happy. Uh, I'm sure that Medvedev didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Medvedev's a smart man. He lives in Monaco. He doesn't live in uh, Russia, that's for sure. I saw where he lives in Monaco. He's not going giving the Russian any of his money, I'm sure. Well, we had a good weekend. We we uh, we went out for your birthday on Friday night. We had the probably the most authentic Japanese experience. We we did the little the little table taking your shoes off thing at at uh, Murata, which is kind of an old school Japanese yeah. restaurant. In, oh uh, my God, Richard. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, uh, taking me out to sushi for my birthday. One of my favorite sushi place in uh, Portland. It was an amazing uh, dinner. Rich uh, brought his lovely girlfriend, and and it was me, and it was fun. And then we had a little some drinks after. So it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic weekend. Yeah, we, really we, had, we had twelve dollar pieces of tuna, some sort of fatty special tuna. Yeah, it's quite good. I don't know how she sold it. I think it was a language barrier because she really did upsell us on that one without us understanding what she was bringing over. But it it was delicious. It was delicious. It was like cr- melting in your mouth. Delicious. It was that good. So thank you very much, and it was great hanging out with you and Melissa. We really enjoyed it. Well, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the the uh, uh, the farmers insurance open at Tory Pines first. So the first okay. two days they play on, the, you know, they play on Wednesday and Thursday on the North course and the South course. And, and it's a little deceiving, you know, because, because there's such a disparate uh, discrepancy between the scores on the two courses. And so the guys who play on the North course, the first day might be, you know, eight or nine under, you know, six, six, seven, eight under par. And then if they play the South course, you know, they don't make the cut. Uh, you have guys like Ricky Fowler. So Ricky Fowler was what? He was six under par the first day and and yeah. like six over par the second day and doesn't make the cut. I made Jordan Spieth did make the cut as well, right? 
uh, uh, Jordan Spieth and Bryson DeChambeau. So I was, you know, now that ESPN has, has uh, you know, first two day coverage, I was in clinic and between clinic patients, I'm watching the, the featured group coverage, which was Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau and Ricky Fowler. And I'm watching it on, on Thursday afternoon. And when I first started watching Bryson and Spieth was outside the cut line, but Bryson and Ricky Fowler were, were inside the cut line. Ricky Fowler was, was easily inside the cut line. And next thing I know, they both missed the cut. Yeah, amazing. I, I don't, I mean, uh, Bryson was complaining about his, his wrist or something. He kept holding his wrist the whole time. I don't know what that's all about. But they just played terrible golf. It was terrible golf, right? Well, but not everybody played terrible golf. So do you think, you know, I kind of have a feeling that Luke List is the new Jason Kokrak. Luke List is one of those guys, he's been around for a while. He's uh, never won before this week on the PGA Tour, but he always seems to be close, right? Yeah, he does. He's always seems to be there. He really does. I mean, he's a good player. Hits it far. He's got a good iron game. Man, I was surprised. He had some great iron shots, and he just outlasted the guys. It's beautiful. It really was. He's from the Northwest. I had no idea. Well, he was born in Seattle. Uh, oh, I didn't realize. Where did he go to college? He went to West? Vanderbilt. He went to Vandy. Wow. That's a smart guy, huh? Yeah, must be. Yeah, that's a great place. Good for him, yeah. Pretty wide, nice kid, cute kids. I mean, what a first career win. And he's not a young guy either. It's, oh, he's 37. Yeah, that's, not a young like, guy at all. It's like Kokrak, who's always in contention. And, yep. Um, so he beats Will Zalatoris, who played great. But, oh, my God. So, so they come up, for, for anyone who didn't watch, Luke List shoots 66 on Sunday, finishes an hour and a half before anybody else, and holds on because, you know, essentially uh, coming down the stretch, Zalatoris List and Jason Day are tied after Jason Day holds out for an eagle from the fairway. Was it on 15? Yeah, yep. He holds out, yeah, on 15, yeah. But then, but then, but then goes bogey, bogey before birdieing 18 to finish you know, tied third uh, at 14 under par. So then you have List and Zalatoris. Zalatoris, 18 at Torrey Pines is a par five, and it's not a particularly hard par five. It's basically a hole that if you put it in the fairway, these guys are going to make birdie 70% of the time, right? And Zalatoris, uh, 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 Zalatoris uh, uh, puts it in the bunker um, and and can't, get up and down. He actually has a pretty easy putt for birdie the first time around, but pars the yeah. hole, goes to the playoff. He enlists. It's amazing. Have you ever seen in a playoff two guys closer to they, they were they hit balls within a foot of each other in the bunker. I've never seen that happen before. And it, and then changing lies and all that. It, it was amazing. Yeah. It, it, I've never seen that happen. So uh list, you know, they both lay up on on 18 in the playoff. List hits first and he hits it to a foot. He just stiffs it. And Zalatoris had a good shot. He's basically the same line he had uh, on the 18th hole in regulation. Yep. Uh, and just and he powered the putt through the break. And that's his first play. Is that his, that's the first playoff on the PJ Tour, right? And first, although the commentator said that, that List and Zalatoris actually were in a playoff together on the Corn Ferry Tour, and List won the playoff. And List won the playoff. That's I heard that. Yeah. I mean, well, he's going to, I mean, he's not a young player, but man, he's, uh, I guess Luke List is going to be one of those players. I mean, he may be a guy who's going to be in contention these days and win some other tournaments. I mean, now he's in the majors and all that good stuff. So, Well, I think I think that with Luke List's, List's victory, then Cameron Tringali, who also finished tied third in this, is, is now clearly the, you know, the most accomplished PGA, you know, veteran who's never won a tournament. Wow. Yeah. And Tringali has been excellent. He's been playing great this year. He's another great result. Tied third with, nuts, with yeah. Jason Day and John Rahm. Amazing, right? I mean, some good – that's a good finish by those guys on a tough court. Uh, tied for six. It's good to see – you know, this, this tournament saw the revitalization of Jason Day and Justin Rose. Justin Rose, Pat Perez, Sanjay M., uh, Aaron Rye, and Joaquin Neiman all tied sixth. Yeah, that's a good plan by those guys. And I guess Jason Day and uh and Justin Tom Justin not Thomas, but Justin Rose that spent the whole week practicing out in the in the desert 
they didn't play in the tournament. They they were out there practicing a couple of weeks in the desert together. So while it looks like that practice play, paid off well for both of them, huh? Uh, great for Jason. I, you know, Jason Day is such a cool guy. So it's, he really is such a cool guy, and he's really, his swing looks great. I guess he's really working with Chris, Chris Cuomo on his like, uh, or yeah, I think it's Cuomo, but it's not Chris Cuomo. The Cuomo kid on, guy on his used to teach Tiger. Really working with him on his swing and you know speed and all that stuff. So he looks really good. So hopefully he's coming back because we love Jason. Jason Day is amazing. He's, he was great, right? What was it 2017? Is there one player in the world? That, yeah, I'm sure Trevor Immelman was very happy to see him playing well because you know he wants him on the on the president's yeah. team. So some I hope some, he other, has a some other names: Aaron Rye, who's you know playing on the on the PGA Tour now. The young the young uh, Englishman, two glove Aaron Rye. Uh, two glove Aaron Rye. Another good finish for him. Um, Ty- it's a good game, by the way. Drives it well, straight driver, doesn't drive it too far, but a really good driver, good iron play. He's a really good game there, right? Amongst the group at uh, 12 under par, tied for 11th were Billy Horschel and Siwoo Kim. Uh, tied 16th at 11 under par, Mark, Mark Leishman, Sepp Straka, Ryan Palmer. And then a big group at 10 under par, which includes Ryder Cupper, Scotty Scheffler, and Daniel Berger, and Justin Thomas, who really had a wow. he had a Jordan Spieth wow. weekend, 68-63, and then 73-74 wow. on the weekend. He couldn't wow, drive it straight. He was, he, he, I, I didn't see him hit one good drive. Yeah, I, I know, right? That's the problem. Not no good drive. So other notables, Dustin Johnson, his first tournament in a while, he's, he was tied 25th at nine under par, not a good Sunday, uh, 73. Hideki, eight under par. Uh, let's see, Xander Shoffley, seven under par. Defending champion Patrick Reed, five under par. Wow, good. What did Justin Thomas you said finish at? What? 73, 74. He shot 10 under not par. Not a good weekend, huh? I mean, he was rolling. In the first two days. I mean, I thought he was going to be right there, but he just disappeared. He and John Ron, they didn't even sniff, sniff the leaderboard the first, last day, did they? Uh, nope. Well, John Ron yeah. did. John Ron did. John Ron uh, had a couple of bogeys late, and then I think birdied 18 to. Uh, and that's his know. course. That is his course. Yeah, he won the U.S. Open there, and he's won the Farmers there before. Amongst the yeah, guys who is. didn't make the cut, we already talked about Fowler, DeChambeau, and Spieth. Um, but Sam Burns didn't make the cut. Uh, he's played so well lately. Um, wow. And then we got to talk. We got to talk about, about the fashion nightmare of, of the tournament. What is up with Brooks Kepka? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I mean, he's got this blonde hair. I, I don't know. What is he trying to do? I mean, he's really alienating himself out there on the tour, isn't he? He looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's just odd. What an odd guy. I mean, Jenison, you think you would talk your man out of getting that blonde hair? I mean, there's nothing good looking about Brooks Kepler with blonde hair. No, I, yeah, that, that hot girlfriend. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I have no bet. idea. He should have first turn hair hair. You think blonde. he lost he a bet? I mean, you don't do that unless you lose a bet. Yeah, I wonder who he lost a bet to. No one talks about him for. Let's see. Did <laughs> anything happen with Florida State lately? I, <laughs> yeah, well, no, there. They're at the bottom of the ACC when it comes to basketball, aren't they? They're about as bad as North Carolina. And by the way, Hubert Davis is a bad hire. Was he? I, I hope Hubert Davis succeeds. I should have hired uh, Wes Miller. And he ended up taking a job in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is a good basketball team. He's a good coach. So It's hard. It's hard, man. Look at, look at Chris Mack. Chris Mack is like the best coach at Xavier. He wins every year at Xavier. He goes to Louisville. And he's already gone. Already gone. That's amazing. Chris Mack's already gone. Already gone. And then you got coach. the freaking cheater at Auburn. The number one. They're number one. They're yeah. number one in the nation, right? Auburn number, number one. Number one. And he just got a new eight-year contract. Bruce Pearl. They gave him eight-year contract. How much did they give that? I don't know. I hope. I hope there's some show cause. You know, relief for Auburn. Auburn. They don't care. They really care. No, they don't care. I mean, like Cam Newton in the school. You think they care? <laughs> uh, who else missed the cut? Uh, Phil Mickelson missed the cut, uh, and uh, anybody else? Anybody else have known? Hudson Swafford coming off the win last year missed the cut, or last week missed the cut. Tony Finau missed the cut. Tony Finau missed the cut. There, I mean, that's a tough one. He misses the cut. What? I mean, he must have shot. I don't know. That's not good for Six, Tony Finau. Sixty-seven, seventy-seven. He he did a fowler. 77, 10 strokes higher 
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, let's go. Let's, get let's go to the European tour. Well, yeah. this was the Slink. What is it? Slink uh, Divide Desert Classic. What a tournament. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we, made, we made a lot of fun of Richard Bland last year. I mean, the fact I that Richard Bland was on the Ryder Cup like 15th or 16th, you know, basically a journey. Basically, uh, I think Richard Bland is the, is the European tour. Um, uh, European tour equivalent of like Jim Herman. Yeah, he really is, right? And in this in this great field, Except he's probably not a Trump fan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know uh, Jim Herman's a big Trumper. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Bland gets into the playoff with Victor Hovland, and and Hovland wins in a playoff. I told you, I was watching Richard Bland. I mean, Richard Bland at the end of that tournament, he made uh, some gutsy uh, pars and some gutsy birdies going down the stretch to get. I mean. For a while, he was like 10 under, just struggling, struggling, struggling. He makes a birdie on a hole. Then he 18, he makes another birdie, and he gets into the tournament, to the playoff. So you're but right. I, he's a good player. I mean, he was great. La he was good last year at the, uh, you know, the bunch of tournaments, especially the U.S. Open. He was date leading for two days, and then he wasn't good third day and the fourth day. But man, what a good, what a good run he's had the last couple of years. Richard Bland. And this is a, this is a great field, just like last week on the European Tour. Ty Hatton plays. Adam Scott plays. Ty Hatton's tied fourth. Adam Scott's tied ninth. Patty Harrington once again better on the, better on the regular tour than he is on the seniors tour. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Casey tied twelfth. Thomas Peters, who won last week, tied twelfth. Tommy Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia, all tied twelfth. Yeah, I mean Rory finishes. You know Rory finishes at tied. I mean solo third. Sam Hartsfield again, a nice good finish by Sam Hartsfield. And Eric Van Ruin finishes, uh, you know, two South Africans. And Eric Van Ruin and John Harding was uh, a Harding guy. Was he was in the last group, but he just didn't play well. You know, made a triple on one hole on a par three. I mean, but there's it was a really really good turn. Adam Scott finishes well, tied for nine. So good, good feel. Colin Garcia, Colin Colin Morikawa was over there. He finished his tied 18th. Shane Lowry, yeah. Bern Wiesberger. Lee Westwood. So really a lot of the top players in the world. Uh, I know. I mean, are they getting, there's a lot of points though, right? If it goes to the DP world challenge. Yeah. Those points. Yeah. So it's worth a lot of points, but I really, I mean, I was telling you, I watched this tournament and I, I just watched Rory play and, you know, for a while he was going great making putts, but he just hit some errant shots, like a couple errant tee balls that got him into trouble. And a couple of times he was able to get up and down, lucky up and down. But then when he got to 18 and tried to hit that ball and, and tried to hit it, that three wood, 270 yards, 67, 267 yards, he flailed it out to the right, right into the water. And he was well short. He was short by at least uh, 50 feet. I mean, he was really short. I mean, 50 yards probably, 50, 60 yards. He was short. Wow. He didn't even have a chance. It, it didn't even give, he didn't give himself a chance. And what an embarrassing loss for Rory. You know, he's, but he does that, right? He has brain cramps every now and then down the stretch. So, but Victor Hoffman's a good player. He's number three in the world. He's going to be one day number one, I, I guarantee you. Well, we have not seen any, you know, Victor Hoffman has won three out of his last five tournaments. But we don't see any brain cramps yet from, from Victor Hoffman. I know, right? There's it's, no scars, right? It's kind of like Colin Morikawa. You know, there's no, there's no chokes. There's no stupid shots. Yeah, they're, they're quality shots. Like, I mean, every shot down the stretch, he says, well, I, he got up on the 16. He goes, well, you know, I know I had to go for it, and I just hit it. <laughs> he says, I knew I, I knew I had to go for it, and I just hit it, and it was landed right uh, right side of the green and pitched down, and you made eagle. He goes, yeah, I knew I had to go for it, so I just went for it. I mean, you're right. It's just like no fear, good quality shots when you need them. And they, he's pretty, that's pretty clutch. I mean, he was clutch on the Ryder Cup, right? He would, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Gonna, what is this? Yeah. We're gonna stop. For, win. We're gonna stop for one second, and we'll be right back. Okay. Okay, we're back. So uh, why don't you update us uh, on the on the on the women's on the women's yeah. tour for the week? Yeah, yeah. It was a great tournament down in. Uh, it was cold down in. I think it's Boca Raton or Palm Beach or wherever they were. I think it was in Palm Beach. It's a great tournament. You know, it was. Uh, it, the, it came down to the end. I mean, yesterday it was really cold. I watched yesterday's tournament, and it was really cold. Um, and it was Danielle Kane going against her. Uh, you know, she's like a 
she's these I know she's like a mentor to uh, Lydia Ko and Lydia Ko won this tournament. She won by one stroke over Danielle Ping and yesterday Danielle Ping had the lead, but I guess Lydia must have tied her or uh, took the lead at the end of yesterday and then today she just played lights out today. She was amazing. She ended up winning. Uh, uh, she beat, let me see, she beat Danielle King, and there are a couple other girls that were, uh, Celine Boutier was finished in third place. So first place was Lydia Co. second place was Danielle King, and then Celine Boutier, uh, the Duke alum, finished at third. Char- but the Charlie good thing Hull. about this, yeah, yeah, Charlie Hall, but yep. I think Charlie Hall was in there, right? Yep, she was tied fourth as well. Uh, the Japanese uh, woman, Yuka Sasso. Sasso? Uh, yep, tied Yuka third. Sasso? Okay. Yep, so that's pretty much for the LPGA Tour. You know, those are, those are the top five finishers. And then the most important, I, I, what I want to like let people know, Lydia Ko, what an amazing career, right? You know, so on the P- LPGA Tour to get in the Hall of Fame, you need 27 points, and you have to be on tour 10 years. And she has 21 points already. And I think she turned pro 2012 or something, I think she turned pro. So she's coming up on her... T- or maybe she turned pro 2010. She turned pro 2010. So she's coming up on her, uh, you know, she's coming up on her years. To, or maybe it was a little earlier than that she turned pro, but she's coming up on her years to get into the Hall of Fame. She has 21 points and only needs 27 points, which is kind of amazing, right? At a young age, she's such it, a young it girl. Is. It is. I don't even think she's 31. She, I mean, she might just be 25, maybe. So, you know, she's been on tour for quite a long time. She and Danielle Kane turned pro the same. They came on tour at the same time. But of course, Daniel King had gone to college. But right. yeah, Daniel King's really playing. I mean, she's going to be number one in the world. I think one of these. She's going to catch Nelly, maybe. Uh, you know, she's if she would have won this tournament, she probably would have moved up pretty high in the world ranking. Because Nelly's good, was, still number one. And it was a good week for Maverick McNeely, or her uh, her boyfriend as well. They both played well yeah. this weekend. They both played well this weekend. And you know, her coach is Butch Harmon, and he was. Uh, I guess I was listening to. Uh, I was listening to the um, the cast. Telecast man, they were saying, yeah, Butch Harmon said she's just been, she is super amazing, very aggressive player, uh, just really well prepared. So I think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with on tour this year. So hopefully Daniel Kane becomes at least number two in the world. She can go for number one in the world. But yeah, what a great tournament. And the lady, I, I like LPGA tournaments. I'm ready for the, uh, all the majors. I like all the majors and all their tournaments. So they're in the Florida swing right now. But it was a good week for Lydia Cove. I'm glad she's back. She's won two years in a row now. But, you know, she went through a swing change, coach change, caddy change. And I think she's back. And great plan by Danielle Kang this week. So that's pretty much it for the ladies tour. But it was a great, great weekend. Before, look forward to next weekend's tournament. So it's interesting. <laughs> for the first time, um, for the first time, I found Ryder Cup standings. Oh, sweet. U.S. Ryder Cup standings are basically the same. They're the standings that were, you know, at at the end of last year because the U.S. calculates it in a rolling basis over the years. The European standings obviously changed um, and basically reset because if you look at the the European standings, as of right now, John Rahm's number one, and this is European points, but Danny Willett's number two, uh, Victor Perez, number three, Matthew Southgate, number four, Cabrera Bayo, number five, Paul Waring. I, I mean, that you know, they mean nothing, right? But yeah, it means nothing, yeah. All it's telling you is that the European team uh, European uh, team uses a different way to calculate that's more heavily weighted towards present performance and or kind of gets rid of old performances quicker than the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's early, right? I mean, think about it. so early. I mean, yeah, we got a ways before it. So it's a long, well, next year, right? So, right. so it's a way, yeah, we have a way to go. Now the President's but Cup team, the President's Cup standings, we'll go over the U.S. standings. And again, these are more highly rated. Are, the, the U.S. President's Cup uh, standings are much more volatile based upon recent performance. So for instance, um, Hudson Swafford went up from nowhere near to four, nowhere, you know, near the top 50 to 14 last week. And then just this week drops down to 18. Um, so much more volatile. So you still yeah. have Colin Morikawa in the lead and then Sam Burns, Justin Thomas. We've talked about Taylor Gooch is in fourth, Patrick Cantlay fifth, Kokrak sixth, Scheffler seventh, Max Homa eighth, Bryson DeChambeau uh, ninth, 
Patrick Reed, Luke List on the basis of this victory is now up in 11th and Cameron Tringali in 12th. Will, wow. Will Zalatoris in 13th, Russell Henley in 14th. So there's a real recency bias in the President's Cup standings. In the President's Cup. Well, yeah. I like that too, Rich. I like that recency bias because guys that are playing out well, right? I mean, they're playing consistent and they're playing, they're playing consistent. They're playing a lot of tournaments and they're playing well. That's what I like. I think that's good. I, I think, think the writer has to be based on that as well. Well, I think it's good that, that, you know, some of these guys have a chance to play in, in either, you know, it's a lot easier to make a president's cup team as a consequence than it is to make a Ryder cup team. So, you know, a lot yeah. of guys who are good, yeah. but not great golfers, you know, the Kevin chapels of the world have been on a president's cup team, but not a Ryder cup team. Yeah, I, I love. I, I think it's great. I mean, it's. I mean, I think right. I think it's going to be a special year for uh, the Presidents Cup, and I think the international team is going to flow. I know you and I talked about this in a couple of our podcasts, but I think uh, previous podcasts. But I really think they're going to be. Uh, it's going to be a good good year for uh, the international team. So the Presidents Cup international standings, I found, probably don't have the farmers uh, accounted for because Jason Day is nowhere to be found, but. Uh, Cam Smith leads the standings, followed by Colin, uh, by uh, Hideki, Sanjay M, who had another good showing. I think he was 13 under par at the Farmers. Louis Oosthuizen, Mackenzie Hughes, Abraham Anser, Eric Von Royen, who played well in Europe. Mark Leishman played well at the Farmers. He's a former champ there. Adam Scott played well in Europe. Corey Connors, Carlos Ortiz, and Mito Pereira. And, and with that group, you still, you know, some of the guys who you expect to be on the team, Christian Bezudenhoit, uh, maybe Garrett Higo, uh, uh, Brandon Grace, Joaquin Neiman uh, are, no, are not in this list because they haven't played a lot so far this year. Oh, yeah. You know what I really love about this? I, I, you know what I love about this time of the year, early in the season? You know, it's a lot of these good tournaments overseas where guys play. And I think it just does so much. Having Colin Marcala go over – Paul Casey and those guys go over and play the DP. Of course, Paul Casey won it last year. I think he did DP World Challenge. But having those guys, Victor Hovland and Rory, go over and play, it's, it's awesome. It's so good for golf, right? It's so good for the game of golf that I wish more of our players on the PGA Tour went over and played these tournaments. I, I wish there was like a requirement, right? I, I know you can't tell guys what to do or demand people to go play overseas, but it'd be kind of nice, right? If, if there are a minimum five, every PGA player had to play a minimum like we should start off small, right? Maybe a minimum three tournaments in Europe or, you know, worldwide. You know, I think it'd be kind of, it'd be nice, right? It would force our younger guys to play more international golf and it would make the game a lot bigger and they would get the new Americans over in, uh, in Europe and in, uh, all around the world. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Rich? I, I, I think it's, I think it fosters, you know, kind of this international uh, uh, cooperation. Uh, I yep. think it, it also helps, with different courses. I mean, if I'm, if I'm a good American golfer, I want to play some links courses. I want to play some tighter courses. It's going to prepare yep, me. For, I agree. It's going to prepare, prepare me for the open championship. And there's, you know, now, especially that the European tour, you know, financially has been revitalized. There's money to be made and the fields it's are money to be made. If I'm yep. Cameron Tringali, you know, why not play three or four tournaments a year in Europe? I got a good chance of winning one. You got a good chance of winning. Yep. And you can go nice places. You can go play the tournaments in Portugal. You can play the DP World, the Dubai courses. You know, I mean, there. I think, I think there should. Since we're working, you know, they have the single, and they should require like have some guys go play. Encourage our younger guys to go over there and play, and have chances to win. And you get a lot of world world ranking points as well. You know, there's so no, there's nothing wrong with going to Majorca for the weekend. Oh no, I know that you might even run wrap on the doll if you're in Majorca. <laughs> so where he lives. Next week is, uh, you know, is is the Pebble is the Pebble Beach Pro Am, um, which gets played as 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 most of you know, uh, three different tournaments the first three days. They play at Spyglass, Pebble Beach, and Monterey Peninsula. Yeah. And then they play Sunday at Pebble Beach, and you know you have to deal with the goofy, you know, Bill Murray and and uh, Barmans of the world. Yeah, playing playing in the tournament, and then then just the rich guys. Who, who, you know, probably have bought their way into the tournament because they're sponsors of the PGA Tour. Yeah. I know Maverick McNeely will probably play. He'll probably have his uh, dad play with him. Play with his dad. Him, so. The best part, the part that I, the, the one I like the most is when Dustin Johnson plays with his father-in-law. Yeah. He, did he play with them last year or no? No, I don't think so. I don't think they played. Yeah. 
last year. So the defending I'm champion. He doesn't play that father and son with him either. Take, take Wayne Gretzky to the father and son, like you know that. Are they, uh, are they the, allowed to? Well, Bubba Watson gets to take his father-in-law. I think oh. a couple. Didn't he play? Yeah, I think you can. I think okay. you can take a father-in-law or something. I'm surprised they never play together now. Well, the defending, maybe Wayne's not good enough or something. The defending champion is my man Daniel Berger. So Daniel uh, Berger, yeah, like Daniel Berger. So on the European tour, they're going to stay in the desert. They're going to play at uh, in the UAE at uh, the Al Hamra Golf Club at the Raz Al Kamaya. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, that's great, man. That's, I, I love that golf. I love to do golf. And I would love to go to Dubai and play golf. I've never, have you been to Dubai, Rich? No, I haven't been to Dubai. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to go over there. I mean, I, one of our buddies, Andy T, went over. He said it was, uh, he, he had a good time there. So I think it'd be great to go to Dubai and golf. I mean, I, I, I hope, I'm sure Colomar Kyle is coming back, but he probably won't, I'm sure he won't play uh, Pebble. I'm sure he'll play Phoenix and probably uh, the Genesis, one would assume, right? Well, well, we'll we'll have to see. Hasn't he? Yeah, he he didn't play uh, last couple of weeks on you know either. Uh, on I don't tour. think did, did he play the tournament of champions? I don't think he did. No, I don't think he he did play the tournament of champions. Yes, he did, he did play that one. But then he didn't yeah, play so many. He went right overseas and played two weeks in a row. Right. Correct. I would I assume bet. he'll take next week off and this week off, and then I bet he comes back. Of course, he's an LA kid. He's going to play. Uh, that course is tailor made for him too. I think it Riviera. Is. Play so, Riviera. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he'll play. I'm, I don't think he'll play Phoenix, right? You think he will or no? I don't know. The the guys love playing Phoenix. Guys love it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a party. It's a party thing down there. But too bad. You're going to be partying up in Vegas. Jeez. I'll be close. You, yeah, you'll be close, man. You'll party up in Vegas. One of these years, we got to get down to this tournament. Absolutely. It'd be a good place to do a podcast from down there, I tell you. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you were going to talk. You were going to talk a little bit before we before we go away for the for the week about yeah. about the, the the intersection between entrepreneurship and and these golfing professionals. Yeah, you know, I am really, you know, I know last week you and I had this brief conversation about this, but I am really intrigued with a lot of these golfers that have become entrepreneurs. Right? I mean, the biggest uh, the one, you know, and you're going to this is going to make you happy. But the, this art, I'm reading Golf Magazine, and on the cover is Abraham Andrew with Mark Wahlberg. And I'm like, what the hell are these two doing together? So I guess Abraham Anthony, as everyone knows this story, he grew up in this his Mexican family, you know, a border town. He ended up like going, uh, he, he just ended up thinking parents like really struggled. They were, they, you know, they were workers, they were jobs, they had jobs and supported him through golf. But he met, one day he's playing this, pro, well, of course he goes off to, he goes off to junior college. And what ha- he gets recruited. I mean, no one gave him a no one gave him a scholarship uh, out of high school, so he went to junior college and he was really good. So then he ends up getting a scholarship. I think it was Oklahoma, right, Rich? Oklahoma, I think Abraham Anzer went to. Ended up getting a scholarship at, of Oklahoma. And then when he went on the PGA tour, he's out playing golf with this guy. And this guy, this guy's Mexican, grew up just like Abraham Anzer. He was president of this company. And he goes, they would sit around and talk. You know, they play together these programs, and he he and the guy became friendly. And they had started this uh, alcohol company. I think it's a tequila company called Azul. And you'll see it on Abraham Answer's hat. So Abraham Answer and his partner started this company. And they brought Mark Wahlberg in to be like a, a partner in this. And he and Abraham Answer are like really good, fri- good, good friends. So they showed the thing where Abraham Answer is over his house, over Mark Wahlberg's house. And Mark Wahlberg has this nice drive like holes, a bunch of holes out. And he says, they'll sit here and hit balls. And Wahlberg's like, I just like these two guys because it was their dream, their idea, and I'm just one of the supporters. So that's a cool story, right? Abraham Anzer, he becomes, he owns this company with Mark Wahlberg and uh, one of his really good friends. But Rich, the thing I like, I'm most intrigued about this article, they talk about who, uh, they talk about one player out of all the players on the PGA Tour, who do you think would have the most entrepreneurial spirit? If you had to guess, I'll give you like three guesses of guys. One guy, guess one guy from Florida, one guy from California, maybe one guy from Texas. Who do you think out of all those states and players that you know of would be an entrepreneur, a big time entrepreneur? Shoot. Uh, well, the first person who would come to mind is Phil Mickelson just because he's on every other commercial. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. And Ricky Fowler because he's on all the commercials that Phil Mickelson isn't on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, 
it, when it comes to entrepreneurs and guys that are in the golf business are highly diversified, Ricky Fowler is one of those guys, right? He's done a lot of commercials. And then he also is a co-owner of this citrus gin-based company. Oh. You know, a third squinter. He's it's, it's made in Finland. It started in Finland. I think he became one of the, the owners of this company. But one guy that, you know, we think is kind of a little weird on tour, married to a bohemian woman, went to Georgia. Bubba. Bubba Watson. Oh, my God, Rich. He owns everything. This dude owns Bubba's Sweet Spot, a candy shop. He owns a car dealership. <laughs> he owns an apartment complex that he built and sold. He owns, um, what else is it? He, he owns a minor league baseball team, a double-A team. Wow. The, the the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and then he owns the Pensacola Golf Center. I mean, this guy owns a lot, and then he owns like he. Does I he guess have, he has some shoes and other companies he's working on as well, clothing and stuff like that, t-shirts, and he does, does everything. Does he own a big and tall women's store? Well, I think that's why he likes his mix of t-shirts, the down home button up for his wife. <laughs> I mean, isn't it amazing? It's like Bubba Watson. I mean, this guy has a stake in Link Soul. Link Soul is like the golf uh, It's good golf wear. I mean, he is ama- amazing. He's out of all these guys, he's the best. He's the most diversified of all these guys in terms of businesses that he owns. Not where he's getting endorsements from all these people, but he owns a part in all these businesses, which I think is amazing, right? Bubba Watson, out of all the guys, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it was Bubba Watson, right? It's really You'd amazing. Think it'd be someone else. Because if you think back on the great the great golfers of our day. Uh, you know, of our childhood, you know, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas made a fortune, right? Yeah. Made yeah. a fortune, you know, with their brands. And Greg Norman has made a fortune with his brand. He has made a fortune. Why? That guy's one of the best. I mean, I would say the three best entrepreneurs would be what? Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and then probably Greg Norman, right? In terms of like Greg Norman owns everything, clothing line, wines. I mean, this guy's, they're, they're all like really, really good entrepreneurs. Another guy that's really good is um, Leachman, Leachman Lager. Well, he owns a big brewing company. And I, I think it's somewhere in the north, it's somewhere in Pennsylvania, Virginia. I think that's where he, Virginia, that's where he lives. In Virginia Beach. What's he doing in Virginia Beach? But that's wow. where the brewery is. Leachman's Lager. He owns a lot of beer company out of Virginia Beach. Guess who uh, else I would never drink? Fuzzy Ultra Premium Vodka. Fuzzy Zeller owns a vodka Fuzzy company. Zeller owns a vodka company? <laughs> I bet he drinks a lot of does, does it. That's go, why I never it, see him anymore. Does it go with fried chicken? <laughs> does it go with fried chicken and watermelon? <laughs> Is he spiking any watermelon? <laughs> I mean, and then Colin Montgomery, he's a, he partnered with Loch Lomond. The, uh, you know, they made a bunch of wine, Scottish distillery. He's partnered there. I guess long drink Ricky Fowler we talked about earlier. And then, yeah, and those guys are the ones. I mean, those are the best entrepreneurs on the PGA Tour. And Bubba Watson is the best by far in terms of businesses that he's, that he's built and owned. So I just thought, I thought that'd be interesting for our fans to hear. Like, these golf guys are smart, man. They take their money and do other things with. And Bubba Watson is probably the most diversified person out of all of these guys. And most of the other guys are just in the alcohol. But Bubba's in the candy driving ranges, apartment buildings. So it's cool, huh? You you can all, uh, uh, you, you, those masters jackets go a long way down in the South, huh? You know, it's, it's Since funny. It's funny, Stacy, you know, we hear, and I, I, you know, I think some of it, I, I, I is socioeconomic. Um, but when have you ever heard of a golfer filing for bankruptcy? Never, never. I think part of it also never. is because they're, they're individual performers. So what they earn, they earn. It's not like they sign a contract and, you know, like a baseball player or, or a football player where they say, all right, you're going to make $60 million over four years. Okay. I've got guaranteed $60 million over four years. Well, they don't think about how much goes to their agent and how much goes to the government. And so they yeah. spend, 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 spend. If you're a golfer, you, you, you eat what you kill, right? You eat what you kill. Yeah. And that's the thing. So you got to be smart and you got to get involved in other things. Right. I but, mean, yeah. you know, you're, everyone's not like, Michael Jordan or everyone's not like Tiger Woods where they get these big contracts and these brands, their brands are big brands at Nike and they go forever, you know? So yeah, you're right. But I thought that was interesting. You're right. These guys eat what they kill, man. They go out, they play hard. If you don't make the cut, I mean, you don't make the cut, you don't get your card, then you start all over. And there's not a lot of money on the corn ferry tour. Well, there's more than there used to be, right? I think just psychologically, there's a big difference between something that you're given and something that you have to earn on a consistent basis. It's, it's harder to, you know, if if you earn it, 
you know, you want to, you want to foster the money and you want to, you want to grow it. And uh, you want to grow it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love, it. I thought that was, a, that was really good. Abraham is doing a great job. Bubba's doing a fantastic job. You know, Leishman's in this stuff, Buzzy Ziller and Ricky Fowler. And of course we love the guys, long-term guys, Greg Norman, you know, history, Greg Norman and Arnold Palmer. And then you have Jack Nick with all people that are like really good entrepreneurs. So I thought that'd be a good, uh, set, um, Good fit for us to review for guys. Let people know these golfers are great. I mean, they're doing a lot of business stuff and some good, some good stuff. So, well, that's all I have for that one, guys. Well, next week we'll be back and we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the uh, uh, Pebble Beach Pro Am and the tournament in the Emirates. And uh, we're starting to get into the part of the season where where these results really do matter for you know competitions and the like. Yep, absolutely. It, it, it starts to matter, right? Really starts to matter. And, and now, I mean, this is the last couple of weeks of the West Coast Sling, right? We're getting, we have, what, three tournaments left before? We have next week, Pebble. We have uh, the Super Bowl weekend where they're in Phoenix. And then you have the Genesis. And then it's on to West, it's on to Florida, right? Absolutely. Yep. So it'll be good. Uh, so the season's starting to heat up. And got the mate with a rather. In a number of months, you'll have the players coming up in April. Players, oh, man. Players will be, gonna be right in front of I think the players is in March now. The Masters oh, is right. in April. Players move up. That's right. The players move to March. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, February is a short month. So, and we're already into it this week. This is the first tournament of February next week, right? So, yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Well, we'll, all to, we'll talk to everybody next week. And everybody have a wonderful week. Yeah, have a great week. Go Rams. They never know it, because you never show it, you always catch your way.